1: Hello everyone, welcome along to the Best Best Ball Show on of biz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host here for the series. It is Zach Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. which will be running through pretty much uh, everything that you need for your best ball season. Let the listeners know we're going to be running it for basically two shows a week, each Saturday and Monday, throughout uh, the next month or two at least. We're hoping to hit you with between kind of 14 15 of these shows to get you set up for success. So in today's edition, we are going to be diving into Zero RB. It is probably the one that will be the most, I would imagine, listened to when we do shows that have Zero RB in the title them on twitter put them wherever we go they tend to do very well the road of his audience tends to enjoy a little zero rb talk and um, whether you're here to say that everything we're saying is wrong and you don't like zero rb or if you're here to see what we have to say to help you win your leagues this year and um, that's all well and good i don't i don't really mind which way you've decided to come and listen but we are going to be talking about zero rb for best ball today and i'm really looking forward to bringing you this one today the first question, I guess, look, I've mentioned XeroRB. I enjoy XeroRB. I'll put the pressure on you here, Zach. Uh, what is is zero XeroRB and how does it
2: work? So I think the first thing to answer your question is, what is is zero RB. The answer is, is, it's not a um, controversial topic at all. Everyone agrees with it. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's a, a good strategy and a great way to go about it. But for those of you who may not know, um i think if we're going to talk to rb we should just start with mentioning uh sean siegel's article from t- 2013 it's called zero rb anti and the myth of value-based drafting you can go online you can google it you can find it. it's still you know obviously a very good article it it provides the essence of zero rb i think it's uh, still based- on
1: the i think it's on the home of rotobiz.com it's probably the quickest way to find it
2: yeah, it probably it probably is right there for you. But essentially, 0RB is a late-round approach to drafting that puts your team in a position to benefit from chaos at the running back position rather than suffer from it. Uh, obviously, when you're looking at a lot of drafts, Uh, If you just look at any ADPs, you're going to often find that running backs are going to be the earlier players picked in your draft. I mean, most drafts are probably starting with some variation of Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Alvin Kamara right now. There's obviously a lot of... upside loss in your team should one of those players get injured what zero rb does zero rb looks to add running backs on the back end and embrace the chaos that may come from having running backs on your roster being being a position that can be uh incredibly volatile uh you know it's it's easy it's easier for running backs to get injured compared to other positions they take quite a beating over the course of what's now a 17 game season so zero rb looks to uh, kind of, kind of cover ourselves by fading the early running backs and rather embracing the late round approach to running backs and having more of them to benefit whenever things start to to break down and inevitably get a little bit chaotic during the fantasy season.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And in terms uh, you mentioned about it, you know, being everyone agrees, it is hotly debated. Um, I think. You know i think what's happened is the people who are zero rb and people might say you're a zero rb truther Uh, in terms of that i think we are more balanced in our acceptance of people who want to draft running backs and the people who draft running backs are of us i guess if we're looking at it that way but in terms of my philosophy uh, you know and we'll talk about modified zero rb um, and elite tight end and upcoming shows But I tend to fall probably in that uh, kind of modified 0RB approach where if I'm in those first five picks or if I can get one of those elite running backs, maybe even at six or seven, depending on how the draft goes, I am definitely not against getting one of those superstar studs in the lineup. But once you get past that point... Uh, the value is going to drop off significantly and you know if you're at the back end of that first round i think starting off with a a tight end or a wide receiver wide receiver approach uh, is the way to go in terms of uh, you know padding those wide receiver and tight end positions in drafts and you know over those first kind of five to seven rounds i think that is the the way that i tend to go in pretty much all my drafts um but again it's not a case of like i'm not going to draft any running backs and the other key to 0RB it doesn't literally mean that you do not draft any running backs for your entire draft because obviously then your best ball rosters uh, aren't going to work out too good either you do need to have those running backs in the roster for the the season uh, to be a success so particularly when we look then at the FFPC we look at the tight end premium that that allows as a format um, where you can actually start with the two flex positions you can start two tight ends might even give you a little bit more of an advantage so there is different uh, variations depending on the league settings where that becomes easier to do and to add in those tight ends but i think uh, you know going and getting those elite wide receivers in and then those opening five, six rounds, mixing it in with a tight end or two here or there is really the way to set those teams up. And uh, that's where 0RB, you know, you mentioned the, the fragility, that's where 0RB does um, give you that edge where you're not relying on that one superstar. Um, and as we talk through it, we'll be you know kind of padding the, the, the running back position as we move on through here to, to help that roster have enough running backs to be able to pot up those points on a weekly basis, but it doesn't have to be that same running back each and every week uh, that gets you over the line.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you on that. I I I think that really when you think about zero RB, one way that I try to view it is if you actually decide to go zero RB, uh, you're you're viewing it as padding your running back floor with the hopes that the floor essentially rises to the ceiling. Uh, if I'm trying to paint a a weird visualization of that you're hoping that your floor that you built your running at the running back position is solid enough that over time as the season unfolds that floor is only going to rise and at which time you're already going to have the players on your position uh, on your roster necessary to benefit from those those rises uh, from the from the players essentially on the various teams that they may play for who you have on your roster so one thing uh, that we had referenced in the last show where we kind of looked at some of the tools that Rotoviz offers, one tool that we reference is uh, my personal favorite tool is the Roster Construction Explorer. And we're going to kind of reference this over the next couple of episodes as we discuss different strategies, because I do think that, again, it's a great way to kind of establish uh, some general rules for how you're going to build your team. And then it offers you a way to look at. Uh, optimal draft strategies and you can see how win rates increase or decrease based on decisions that have historically been made hoping that if those trends stick a little bit that you'll also see those win rates reflected in your 2021 season and beyond. So uh, previously I had talked about how I like to set my Ross Construction Explorer to assuming I'm going to be drafting three quarterbacks, three kickers and three defenses. Uh, We see that teams that use that kind of construction already have a 10.4% win rate which is above the 8.3% average win rate. If teams... uh, uh, if those teams draft their running back one before round seven, which is a preset that, or which is a which is a uh, filter that you can set on the roster construction explorer, the win rate of ten point four percent actually remains the same. It doesn't move. However, if those teams that draft their running back one after round seven, the win rate jumps to fourteen point eight percent. Uh, If you just don't apply any filters, as I did with the quarterback, uh, kicker, and defense, drafting RB1 before the seventh round still just yields a 8.3% win rate with 50% of those teams finishing in the top six and then when you take your running back one after the seventh round, you still get a relatively solid 10.2% win rate with 53.6% of those teams finishing in the top six. So that's a very basic way to to look at it. But I, I think that in terms of just trying to perhaps introduce people to the strategy who maybe either aren't familiar with it, they don't know it, they don't understand it, or maybe they're just choosing to not understand it. Hopefully this is a way to just kind of give a little bit of insight into how it works and, uh, you know maybe explain why it works a little bit but the Rush construction explorer literally offers you the opportunity to watch zero rb work um, historically see how it's worked over the course of the last several seasons to see where you can perhaps gain an edge at and deploying that kind of strategy
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed So we mentioned
1: a moment ago, basically why it does work. Um, let's get into now when and why you decide to go that way. I think we've probably touched on the the why. It's because of the optimal win rate. The, you know, the, the fragility isn't going to be there then um, among the running backs that maybe you're taking in those first two rounds uh, if they do get injured. But um, what is maybe the the when? I guess we'll say as to, to why to go for zero RB and, and particularly in baseball.
2: Sure, so I I don't think there's necessarily a a clear-cut answer to this question, uh, but it's certainly a valid one. I think that it would kind of depend somewhat on where you're drafting out of, and then also how you personally view the running backs who may be at your disposal in the first round. Uh, For myself, I think that playing in the FFPC, uh, which is kind of what we're going to be discussing over the course of this series, playing in the FFPC leagues, I think, opens a door for you to perhaps consider zero RB as a more viable strategy than you would in other leagues because of the uh, tight end premium scoring, which again offers one and a half points per reception to the tight end position. Uh, For myself, usually if I'm looking at around the 107 or the 108, that's when I'm probably considering pivoting to either taking a wide receiver or a tight end in that first round. Uh, There's a chance that you could always have someone like Travis Kelsey fall to you, even if you don't, uh, if you wanted to go with one of those elite tight ends, as long as you believe in what they can do in 2021. I think Darren Waller and George Kittle are both more than solid options at the tight end position at the end of the first round. And then obviously you have a guy like Tyreek Hill, Um, who's going to be, you know, hopefully another solid player for yet another year uh, that you could also take perhaps at the end or the middle of the first round. If we look at the current FFPC ADPs, I just kind of went ahead and just pulled these out real quick. The players who are going right now are in, in this particular order are Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and then Ezekiel Elliott. So those are the first eight players who are going. If you like those players, obviously you're probably taking them. But if you don't, you can also pivot to perhaps Kim Akers, who's going after them, which again, he's a running back. But then you have Darren Waller, Tyree Kill, and George Kittle rounding out the first round. So I think this is where whether people are intending to go zero RB or not, I think this is kind of how it starts is seeing who those players are who are going perhaps at the end of the first and even on some cases the beginning of the second to see if you value those players more than the running backs who are going around that range. So for me, it's probably around the 107 or the 108 depending on where who's available and then anything after that, I'm almost certain to not be going running back in the first round.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, and then if you get into a non-FFPC format, so let's say we're playing and uh, best ball 10s, or playing on underdog. In those situations, you know, we're taking the tight end premium out of it. So we're probably taking Travis Kelsey out of that. So then we're getting one spot closer to the 101 before we'll be making that decision. So I think just in case people aren't playing on the FFPC, just to have that insight, obviously Kelsey's going to drop out. Those other guys, then like Waller and Kittle at the back end of the first round, are going to drop out. But wide receivers are most likely going to fill in that position. And I would be very much like you um, when it gets to like that 106 and a a standard league whether if you're even thinking about your redraft leagues uh, and beyond depending on the year then it's obviously going to go in but at the top end we're realistically going to have probably you know four to five elite level running backs and then after that there's going to start to be a break off and and like you mentioned that is kind of the point there then when we start to to pivot uh, to make those decisions so if we're in a league where we have the 101 we're not telling you to, to head on and uh, you know get uh, Tyreek Hill at 101 we're go we're going for Cook or we're going for CMC uh, in that situation and um, but it's all about like you mentioned you know there's not a clear-cut answer it's about defining that draft and as we go through the series and we talk about modified zero running back that's exactly kind of the the pivot then if you're at the 101 through the 103 position basically get that elite running back then fill them up in behind and uh, and wait a little bit longer then end your draft for that running back too so we'll be talking about that on, on a future episode but it just shows uh, some of the differences around the uh, slightly similar builds but obviously when we get to the actual fall builds, they do tend to differ a lot uh, from a simplicity standpoint they're fairly similar but from an actual build standpoint they're, they're quite different in terms of drafting zero rb obviously if you don't take one in the first round let's say we wait then to after round seven uh does that mean then that when we get into those running backs that we need we're going to need you know six or seven running backs uh, to get a, a nice win rate are we having to just draft six or seven are we having to to load up and go above that um what's your decision making process there
2: so a lot of uh my decisions that i make again are kind of guided by the ross construction explorer it really is that good of a tool but the short answer is probably yes if you are going for more of a zero rb strategy you're probably going to end up drafting slightly more running backs than you would if you would have had a uh, a running back that you took early or as you even said doing a modified zero RB approach which I was told wasn't a real thing you keep mentioning modified zero RB I'm I'm, I'm not sure it exists Um, I've been told on Twitter that it's not real but I'm going to trust you on this one and assume that it is if you're going modified zero RB you may take one or two less running backs but if you're going zero RB you're going to have probably a couple more. Um, uh, if you look at the FFPC, Rosh Construction Explorer, uh, we're not going to apply any filters in this case, but you can just see that if teams that draft six or seven running backs have some of the highest win rates of 9.0 and 9.4%. Um, Neither of these win rates are very high, but if we apply our previous filter of RB1 before round seven, we see those win rates remain the same and that six or seven running back builds remain the highest. However, if we change our filter to RB1 after round seven, we see an overall win rate of 10.2% from these builds. Um, And then with a seven running back construction, a 9.3% win rate specifically, and an eight running back build drawing a 14.9% win rate now obviously if we compare what we just talked about earlier six or seven running backs um, without any additional filters applied those are going to yield the higher win rates before you start factoring in when we're taking these running backs but if you're going with a running back after round seven if you're taking your rb1 after round seven uh you see a very nice 14.9 percent win rate but that's falling under the eight running back build column so Uh, you can get a few more with the zero rb build which which i think is ideal but again it depends on you know obviously a number of things where you're drafting from how the draft is falling to you but i'm usually expecting to take perhaps one more running back than i normally would if i'm going with the zero rb approach how about yourself
1: yeah i would i would agree with that and just to go back to the tools um i think that's a really good insight just again Uh, to how in actual practice uh, the roster construction explorer works in terms of if you have the same amount of running backs but draft them in a different order it really does alter that. So it's very important that if you are going to zero a running back, that it's going to mean that you're not taking a running back in round four. Uh, you're going to be waiting. You're either taking them at the start or you're waiting. And if you're waiting to after round seven, then it really does matter how many you take. So if you think if you're in the FFPC, you have those 28 uh, rounds and that their situation you're going to have to have eight running backs filtered into that you need to be then making the decision as to where your quarterbacks are coming from so if you're drafting a quarterback in round eight that means that you're waiting again for a running back and then how's that altering those win rates but with the tool you can add in all that information and it'll be able to tell you exactly what historically the win rate is so if you then go and have yourself those eight running backs historically that has been 14.9 percent win rate which is is massive when it comes to and it mightn't seem like oh, basically if you do 100 drafts you're going to win basically 15, 15 leagues but when you look at it from the people that aren't using the tools on Rotobiz, the people who aren't drafting uh, in an optimum way, those people are, are out of the running from the very, very start. Uh, and then it's given us the, the chance to increase that win rate. So um, a really good point that you made there, Zach. Uh, I think it, it also explains part of the reason behind 0RB. It really is given you the chance to load up on those you know, six or seven Uh, and that combination i guess we'll call them pass catchers that combination of wide receivers and tight ends uh, where you can really load up and what that means then is when you're in your week where ideally two to three of those guys are going to have those spike weeks that's going to give you that advantage then on that particular week so it's going to really set you up um, with that high-end elite wide receiver and tight end talent which on a consistent basis throughout the season in PPR formats in particular is likely to end up throughout the season outscoring those elite level running backs that that you could be taking at the you know particularly at the back end or the mid end of that uh, first round and the early second round so um, definitely recommend going that way and it's another plug for for those tools as we get ready to wrap up the zero rb episode and again we did touch on it a few times we'll figure out when we get to the episode on modified zero rb if it is a real thing maybe that will be the main topic of discussion in that episode but uh I'm skeptical I'm skeptical <laughs> we will be we will be kind of linking it back to this a little bit but before we do wrap up anything uh, else um zach that you want to add in about uh, zero rb and best ball
2: I think the only thing I would add when it comes to zero RB and best ball, and this may be more so for for the naysayers of the strategy, but is to kind of go back to what you said with with in terms of just really building up the team beforehand I think people when they hear about the strategy they question how it works and why it works and I think it really is just coming back to like when you see that 14.9% win rate with the 8 running back build um, consider uh, I'm sorry 8 running back build if you take a running back after, if you take your RB1 after round 7 I think you really do have to think about why that strategy is working and what that means you're doing with those picks that you're taking in perhaps the first 6 or 7 rounds where you are in fact getting some elite wide receiver talent. Talent. Maybe you even have a, a nice quarterback you added in the sixth round. You obviously don't want to be taking quarterbacks too early, which we'll get in later on. But the other benefit to it, which I think is something you can exploit when going zero RB in FFPC leagues is again, you have two flex spots and it's a tight end premium scoring format. So I, I, I really do think that the win rates kind of can tell us a little bit of a story on who you're taking and when, assuming that your roster is healthy. Uh, just the the talent level that you're adding to your roster by waiting on running back, especially when you consider that the NFL has become such a running back by committee league where you can still find players who are going to give you usable weeks even if you're not taking a running back in the first round or two.
1: Yeah, and I think another part, just a true in there is, Uh, I've talked to Sean about this. It's one of the things I think that he does so well when it comes to these drafts is reverse engineering the draft. So going from back to front. So rather than starting like everyone likes to do, do those first four rounds. What does your team look like after four rounds? You don't win your league based on your first four rounds. You win your league based on the entire draft. And anytime you draft along with Sean, we'll do a process where the starting basically at the back end of the draft and working your way from there to see what options are available in the 17th round, in the 14th round, in the 11th round, rather than going, oh, I'm going to be perfect drafting my, my first four picks, and then nothing's going to work after that. And that's where these win rates, where the tools really come into their own and help you set up for success. This was the Zero RB edition of the series on the Best Best Ball podcast. We will be talking through, as we mentioned, we teased it a few times, Modified Zero RB. We'll be talking elite tight end. We'll be looking at the quarterback position. We do have a range of topics that we've been covering over the next couple of weeks as we release the shows twice a week each saturday and monday so uh, don't miss out on any of those make sure you're subscribed to the road of his radio podcast feed that's exactly where these shows will be going twice a week and uh, you'll be able to get them for your listening pleasure and as always, I want to finish the show by letting you know as a RotoViz listener, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a one-year RotoViz subscription. All you have to do is add the discount code RVRadio2021 at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. Of course, you can drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. We always appreciate those. So I want to thank my co-host here, Zach Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Of course, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And until we're back with the next episode in the series, of course, have a good one.